Welcome in, one. Welcome in, all. We are glad you're with us today. The Bill Michaels Show. There's a lot going on today. A lot going on today. Uh, first and foremost, obviously, uh, reaction as to yesterday's discussion um, regarding Aaron Rodgers. And uh, he said that he's ready to go and wants to come back and wants to play for the New York Jets. So that revelation came out. Today is the beginning of the madness. And we have not really discussed that much at all, to be honest, uh, because the Aaron Rodgers stuff has pretty much overshadowed everything. Um, but, uh, I, I gotta, uh, let, let me, let me kind of set up today's show because this is what has transpired and not even the last 24 hours, but the last 20 hours or so. So got off, uh, got off the air last night, yesterday afternoon. And, uh, I started working, you know, and, and, and doing things that I normally do, you know, you're involved in all kinds of different stuff and, and, uh, so I, 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 I was talking to Kristen and I, a couple of friends of mine had called and uh, my cousin had called who listens in Indiana. My, my buddy in Cincinnati called. I, had a, uh, I did some stuff with uh, some radio stations around the country. And um, I, I, about 7.30 last night, I, I, you know, as they say, went dark. Now, I didn't go into the darkness, but I shut my phone off. And I said, that's it. And I closed the computer. And I went downstairs into the bar. And I sat down and had a, had a beer and a good cigar. And I flipped on some of the, uh, some of the NCAA tournament. And I just kind of sat there. And as I was sitting there, I flipped over. I was watching uh, the NFL Network. And they had a little bit of a preview as to what was going to be on Good Morning Football today. And they started going through the Aaron Rodgers moments. And I was like, wow. You know, you got to, it gives you a great deal of perspective. And I owe a lot to Aaron Rodgers in the sense that when Brent Favre was going back and forth, I, uh, I got a chance to talk to Rodgers on the regular almost. Uh, it was because early on in his career in Green Bay, you know, nobody really kind of cared about him because you had Brett Favre. You know, you didn't, you didn't need to worry about the backup quarterback. You know, the backup quarterback in Green Bay behind Brett Favre never got any run because the, the dude never played. He was basically a clip, uh, you know, a clip holder, uh, a clipboard holder. So I got a chance to talk to him quite a bit. And just kind of shoot the stuff. and Because uh, Favre was kind of aloof. You know, you got a chance to talk to Favre every now and then. And if you did, it was like, you know, getting a, getting a moment with the Pope, you know. Uh, but Rogers was willing to talk and discuss. And so I, I, I started to think back, and I remember those days. And I remember back when uh, he used to, you know, just kind of sit at the locker and just kind of look over at Brett and watch what Brett did and watch what Brett didn't do, you know. So I started to contemplate that, and I was thinking about all the times, whether it be in practice and throwing it 50 yards into that net and wowing everybody, or some of the incredible throws, you know. And then I think I started to think about myself in the sense that uh, you go back to December 3rd in 2015 when he threw that, um, that, that amazing pass to Richard Rodgers, where Rodgers 
almost goes down in a sack, gets out of it, scrambles off to his right, sets up, and just lofts, launches one. And Richard Rodgers at the last minute runs down in front of the scrum and hauls one in. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm thinking of all of this. And because the next day is the day that, you know, for those that have followed me, that the next day is that snowblower accident where they had to hit me with the paddles, you know. And, and so I'm thinking, man, that was, a, it was 2015. That's, that's a while ago. And then you think of all the moments. I remember the first playoff game, watching him play out in Arizona and, and rallying the Packers only to see him get sacked, fumble, and then, uh, you know, the ball's recovered and the rest is history, and the Packers ended up getting beat that year and then bouncing back the next year only to beat Pittsburgh in, in the Super Bowl. And I remember being on the field as the confetti flew and uh, scrambled to get back to Green Bay for the return of the Lombardi Trophy to Titletown and all that stuff. And, you know, I, rem- I remember all the heartbreaks, too. Don't get me wrong. But I remember all of that. And I thought, I wonder when we're going to have that again. You know, I-, I wonder, you take it for granted because we've had 30 years of it, these amazing plays. Um, I can't tell you how many times we go – to press boxes or have had others come into Green Bay into the press box and a play happen, whether it be from Favre or Rogers and, you know, uh, writers, out-of-town town writers or, you know, members of other teams are like, oh, my God, you know, that's amazing. And you guys get to see this all the time. And I, and I was kind of like contemplating all of that. Now, those of you that listen, you know I've been unbelievably hard on Rodgers and I've tried to keep it real. And then there's times where I'm like, you can't blame it all on him. You've you got to look at all the things that he's done to get you to a certain point and what is, the expectations have been. And, and I've tried to really keep it real. So I, I thought, I wonder when we're going to have that again. It's not seller's remorse, because that's not what I'm going through. Because I really believe, and I said this to somebody over uh, today that asked if I had admitted I was wrong. I I really thought Rodgers would be back. I really did. I don't know if it was my heart or my head, but I really thought Rodgers would be back. But I also said, and I've said this time and again, so I was wrong in that sense. But I've I've also said that if Rodgers wasn't all in, then the Packers would move on. The, The best time to move on is when you don't have to. You know? So... Um, I kind of got caught up in the, oh, my God, it's the drama, it's the drama, it's the drama, you know, and it wears on you, and it does. And then there's a finality to it. And uh, because, you know, the people that say, well, the deal's not, the deal's done. They've done everything but cross the T's and dot the I's and and figured out the compensation. But the bottom line is, if you think that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up under center in Green Bay and not in New York, you're fooling yourself. He's going to end up under center in New York come, you know, the beginning of September. So <laughs> don't fool yourself. That deal's done. Um, but I I just, I kind of contemplated the last 15 years and how much fun it's been to cover Aaron Rodgers, to cover the excitement of the team, to cover the different teams 
the successes, the failures, the fans, and what every year means going into a season knowing that you have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. A legitimate opportunity is right there. We don't know what it's like to wake up and be the Cleveland Browns. We don't know what it's like to wake up and be the Chicago Bears. <laughs> you know, we don't. We don't. We, we don't. We don't know that. We don't want that. We don't accept that. We don't. We don't. Uh, we don't aspire to that. We certainly don't uh, want that to seep into our psyche. But there is a question now as to whether it could. So yesterday was a day of holy crap. Here we go. The you know, and I agree. I went back and listened to that McAfee interview again, and I'm like, wow, that is just a lot of self-serving crap. Um, you don't know both sides of the story, but what you do know is, and what you're now getting reports of out of Green Bay is, yeah, the Packers were trying to touch base with Aaron Rodgers. They were trying to communicate with Aaron Rodgers, and he wasn't always receptive to it. So the whole thing about I demand transparency and I want to be able to communicate and this and that, it, it's, I, I've said all along, be careful what you say because it's a two-way street. And, and when I went back and I listened to the, that interview, if you want to call it that, I appreciate, and, and I'm not going to sit here and rip McAfee and I'm not going to rip A.J. Hawk because if they really gave him hardball questions and, and came back at him after things that he had said, uh, he would no longer appear on that show. So they get what they get, and they get ratings and money out of it, and they get what they get. Uh, but the, the follow-up question should have been, well, Aaron, going into the darkness, and you said you were you know, 90% uh, you know, on retirement. First of all, what changed? Second, second of all, prior to that, did you tell the Packers that's what you were thinking? Did you communicate that to the Green Bay Packers? How many times did the Packers try to reach out to you? When they reached out to you, did you talk to them? If so, how many times? You know, none of that was asked. None of that was actually gone to, you know what I mean? Um, and, and we may never know. You know, I hope uh, somebody in New York, when he finally sits down and does an interview there, I hope somebody there does it and asks, okay, you kind of threw the Packers organization under the bus. You made it look like the Packers basically changed their minds. When you went into the darkness, they had this meeting uh, as you were out of communication and that they decided. Well, I don't think it went that way. I think that they tried to reach out. Um, for whatever reason, they got the sense that you weren't all in, and they made a decision to move on. So, But uh, we won't know until somebody asks him the question. And says, hey, um, you know, boy, you were pretty harsh on the Green Bay Packers because you said that you wanted transparency and you wanted to know what was going on. And suddenly they changed in four days. The organization doesn't change, it, change its mind in four days. Something happened. You're right, something happened. I wonder how, like I said, from what we're hearing this morning is what's leaking out of Green Bay is you, we, we got a hold of them. We tried to get a hold of them numerous times. Never texted us back, never returned a phone call. So now we'll wait and see what the what the actual truth is. I'm sure it lies somewhere in between, but I don't think <laughs> I don't think uh, Gudikins woke up on a Monday and said, "Man, you know, I hope Rogers comes back. I hope he comes out of that darkness and he's ready to play." And then woke up on Friday and went, "Aaron, who?" You know, it, that that didn't happen. 
So, um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll eventually find out. But I think there's a lot more to this story than what we actually heard on that side of it yesterday, which also became a lot of verbiage back and forth of wanting one thing, doing another, saying one thing, doing another. So we'll, we'll, we'll something will happen. We'll, we'll hear something along the way and get it figured out. Um, but today is the day of reaction. Today is the day the tournament starts. We're going to talk to Mike Clemens coming up here momentarily and get Mike's take in all of this uh, as Mike listened to it too. So there's a lot going on. A lot going on today. And uh, yes, Marco, Girl Scout cookies. It's because it's tournament day. Tournament day today. Thin mints, baby! Little dig by towel there for you. Anyway, uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Mike Clements is going to join us on the line. We'll get Mike's take on all of this and uh, kind of see where he's at now that uh, Aaron Rodgers has said, I'm going to play next year, and I'm going to play for the New York Jets. Now we just wait for the compensation side of things. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. Go to CunisRV.com. That is Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. One week from tomorrow, I'm going to be live. I'm going to be up in Sheboygan at the Ice Center in Sheboygan with uh, the Great Midwest RV Show. So come on out next Friday. I'm going to be there doing the show live. We're going to be there from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. live in Sheboygan. Come on over and say hello. Uh, We'd love to shake a hand, love to say hi, love to see a face. Come on by. Compliments of our friends at Cunis RV. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Mike Clemens coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Um, the, uh, yellow brick road, it's gone. And Aaron Rodgers is walking down that onto the green road that is uh, into the big apple and the New York jets. Now, you know, it's interesting. Um, we're going to be joined here uh, by Mike Clements here momentarily, but it is interesting that, um, you know, again, a very passive aggressive shot from Aaron Rodgers towards the Packers. I've made it clear. I want to play for the Jets. They're the ones holding it up, trying trying to get for me what they can, you know, as if to say, it, you know, it's already written in stone. They should just go ahead and do it. But uh, but it's uh, you know, as I, I did some stuff with Dan Patrick this morning on his show, and he had brought it up a couple of times. You, the passive aggressiveness of Aaron Rodgers is so evident and dripping. It it's. Like, where does all of this come from? And and you talk about a guy that understands the business so well and yet just points the finger at everybody else consistently. It makes it so easy to say, talk to you later. And uh, joining us now on the hotline, our guy, uh, Mike Clemens. Michael, how you doing, man? Okay. Uh, By the way, it was a great interview on Patrick's show today. I, um, it's just the way he is, you know, and... Aaron just said something last Saturday when Brandon Marshall said, you know what, I, I respect you and your journey and, you know, trying to improve yourself mentally and spiritually and obviously physically, you know, to play the game at 39 years old at a high level. But, you know, what's going on? He goes, you know, I, I discovered I'm a pretty heady guy. 
And I needed to take all those things in my head and move them to my heart and just sort of, you know, love everybody. That's why he keeps on using that love thing. This is all yeah. therapy. In other words, this guy has got major anxieties. And he he did contradict himself yesterday in the course of a one-hour discussion saying, hey, you know, two MVP seasons. I got Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. We're rolling. We got Devontae. Um, you know, we got deep into the playoffs. Um, so I know I wasn't really worried about my job. And then later he brings up the Jordan Love thing. So the key thing that I got out of this yesterday was – you know, when Jordan Love is drafted, he's looking over his shoulder like, oh, okay. So you think that that season that we had with McCarthy, which was, what, 6-9-1 and one or something, he gets fired in December, that this means I'm on my way out. Even though I played with a fracture in my left leg through most of the season, um, all right, I'll show you guys. And then he has those two back-to-back MVP seasons. Then he gets through this past season with the, the thumb injury and the five-game losing streak. Then they lose at home to the Lions. So they have the meetings with Gutekinds, which I asked Gutekinds about again in Indianapolis and said, we, we pretty much just talked about the season. But the next thing that had to happen was, Aaron Rodgers, do you still want to play next year? So if you want to play, then that's what we'll talk. But go ahead, take your time. And then this is the very interesting thing that you hear Aaron Rodgers talk about yesterday. Remember, Bill, that you know, when, when Aaron was drafted, Ted Thompson was there. Of course, he's passed away. John Schneider's now with the Seattle Seahawks. You know, Elliot Wolf is now with two or three other teams. Reggie McKenzie, that whole office of the pro personnel department and the scouting department is elsewhere. It's all new guys that he doesn't necessarily relate to. And so, you know, something when people start hearing around the league that maybe they're trying to shop him, look at all of the allies he's got out there, like John Dorsey. They can text him. Mm -hmm. So this is Rodgers talking about looking over his shoulder the last three years after they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. So when they drafted Jordan, you know, this conversation would have happened a lot sooner had I not won, you know, back-to-back COVID MVPs. Um, So we come off of last year with uh, obviously missing the playoffs. I didn't have an MVP season. Um, You know, I was interested in where they would be at. Uh, mentally, everything that I was told in the week that I was in Green Bay was take as long as you want and, you know, we want you to retire, Packer. Uh, you know, you want to come back and play. Obviously, the door is wide open. Um, so that was the information I was going that was, that I was going on. Now, when I came out of the darkness, something changed. I'm not exactly sure what that was, but something changed. And I got back to my phone after five days off of it you know, because your phone's on the entire time. There's no Wi-Fi on that, uh, you know, hippie mountain. Um, and when I got back to that little uh, shack they have where there's, a you know, one bar of Wi-Fi, I got back to, the, you know, hundreds of text messages and emails and all different things. Um, I realized that there had been a little bit of a shift. Um, and that, that uh, I heard from multiple uh, people that I trust uh, around the league, players mostly, um, that that there was some shopping going on, that, that, uh, that they were interested in actually moving me. You know, again, Mike, now there, when, when you talk about shopping, there's no follow-up question. Okay, when you say, Aaron, what are they doing? Are they making calls? Are they actively making calls? Or are teams calling them and saying, hey, what would it take to get Aaron Rodgers? And, I mean, Rodgers, on one hand, says it's a business, and he understands the business. Well, if he understands the business, then you know that at that point in time, 
when you're going into the darkness, and, and this is what I had a problem with. I talked about this coming into the se- or coming out of the segment. There's no follow-up. There's no, hey, because apparently we're getting word now out of Green Bay that the Packers did try to reach Aaron Rodgers. He didn't pick up the phone a lot. He wasn't available. He didn't text back until days and, and weeks later. He, you know, they did try to kind of stay in communication with him, even when they were just, quote, checking in, and he wasn't responding. So maybe they were kind of like, well, this guy's not even all in. You know, So, yeah, we're at least going to start to hedge our bets a little bit, which you can't blame them, but he, ter- he takes the backhanded slap like he went into the darkness thinking things were great and came out, and he, all of a sudden he was traded and he got pissed. And that's Rogers, where there's no follow-up question. Rodgers is notorious for not returning calls. I mean, even, even with his teammates, even with Bakhtiari and those guys, they joke about it. They joke about it. And so for the Packers, you know, if they learn on McAfee, oh, he's now going this four-day darkness retreat. Okay, fine. But, you know, Rodgers is now trying to play that up like, yeah, while I'm there in the in the cave, you know, right. that's when these guys pick up the phone and start shopping me around, you know, and then I get back and my, my, my cell phone's loaded with all these messages. Hey, dude, you know, the Packers are shopping you around. Like, and, and you know what's funny is at that way. at that point he picks the phone up. Yeah, yeah. You know that's when he picks the phone up. Right. Well, after, yeah, because you know, and you know, he even said some things last fall about we all need to just break, get away, and get away from computers and get away from cell phones and let them take over our lives. Blah blah blah. And you know, he was trying to make this period like, look, this is my time alone. Okay, I want to go golfing. I want to do this. You know, I don't want to think about football. Uh, until I have to, and then, so then he, he he claims he worked out for about a week or so just to feel, uh, just to kind of get a sense of how his body felt, and then started thinking, all right, maybe I could do this again. And then he decided, you know, last week Friday, uh, or before that, okay, I'll play football again. But by this time, he'd already met with the Jets and and had the talk. So he also said this. He said before the darkness retreat. He was just the way his body felt for that first month uh, after the loss of the Lions. He was leaning towards retirement. At this point, you know, I, I got to admit, I went in the darkness, ninety percent retiring, ten percent playing. That's where my, my mind was. My mind was, I'm, I'm tired of this. I hadn't got back into my workouts yet, and I thought that that was what was best for me. So I went in the darkness to contemplate a lot of different things. But one day, I spent entirely on the the. Uh, reality I was retired and one day I spent entirely on the reality that I was coming back and playing and just really sat with that for hours and hours uh, what that looked like what the reality is how that all felt and uh, when I came out I was really interested in what the, what the kind of landscape was uh, where, where Green Bay was at and obviously uh, if uh, I wanted to play you know what were the options um, so it was clear to me at that point that although the Packers were going to say the right thing publicly that they were ready to move on and I can I don't know what changed that or what moved that if they just said hey you know we need to make a decision here because he hasn't made a decision yet I just think I wish that in the beginning of the offseason that had been the conversation because I love direct communication if they had just said listen we think it's time to move in a different direction and we love you and you know you're going to be a Packer Hall of Famer you're going to go in the hall as a Packer or you know retire number whatever it might be you know, but it's time to move on. I would have said, man, thank you so much just for telling me that. Like, I really, really appreciate that. That means the world to me that you would, that you would, uh, you would tell me that. Um, because I really believe that's a sentiment and that's fine. It really is. It's totally fine. This is, this is a, an incredible profession, but it's a tough business. 
It's a business. There you go. He even says it. It's a business. So why would he not expect if he goes into the darkness, hasn't given him an answer? At some point or another, they have to question. And he was even questioning himself. Why would they not then at least pick up the phone when somebody calls to say, hey, yeah, you know, well, we don't know what Roger's decision is, but, you know, if he decides that maybe he's not all in or, you know, he wants to play somewhere else or we want to move him, what would you give us? I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I just watched some tape from about four years ago, and then you watch two or three games from last year, and you do see the drop-off. You've got to do that kind of – anybody can see that. At the same time, you're going to be on the hook with this guy for $59.5 million. And as I – remember I told you this when we were at Super Bowl and they had the NFL honors and Kelly Clarkson's up there making Aaron Rodgers jokes about the darkness? And these guys are sitting there in the audience, and they can't get through to this guy – before he goes in this retreat, they've got to watch him on McAfee like us, like the rest of us. Right. And so when you talk about when did they change their minds, that's when they did. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got more with Mike Clemens and an interview uh, from the Blast from the Past, so to speak. Uh, he sat down with Jordan Love because it's a Jordan Love time now. And you're going to hear that coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Very few players play for only one team. Brad had a great career. Aaron had a great career here. And- yeah, I think he's ready to play. I think he's ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. And I think that's the next step in his progression is, is to play. I feel better in the offense and learning things. So obviously, I think I have taken a step in the offense. I feel more comfortable in it. I always feel confident that if I get thrown out there, I'm going to be good. It's time on a love train. Mike Clemens brought to you by our friends over at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Bay Motel, quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field and uh, perfect for a family stay in the Bay Family Restaurant featuring homestyle cooking seven days a week right there on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them for reservations, 920-494-3441 or go, al- go online, baymotelgreenbay.com. That is Bay Motel Green Bay. Dot com. Mike Clemens now joining us on the line. And, uh, Mike, uh, it, it's, you know, uh, officially not yet, but for the most part, it is uh, going to be Aaron Rodgers under center in New York, and it's Jordan Love time uh, in Green Bay. Print up the T-shirts, get some Packer fans in the parking lot of Lambeau Field to do the love train, uh, you know, to form a love train around the parking lot and get behind number 10, right? Um, right. So... You know, Jordan's just 21 years old, same age when Aaron got drafted out of Cal. And then, you know, for the first couple of years, first of all, no preseason games the first year because you're now uh, in the depths of uh, the pandemic for two years. We only have talked to him in press conferences about a half a dozen times. And and so in the middle of the season last year, during that five-game losing streak when Rodgers has got the, the fractured thumb, I just got to thinking, I've, I've got to figure out a way to track this kid down. And I got him on a Friday because he's very busy running the scout team each week and, you know, getting ready for the for, you know, as the backup. Of course, he got in for those 10 staffs and scored 10 points in the in the game against the Eagles. And so I there's stuff that maybe I remember when he was drafted that I, it didn't sink in. But 
when 10 years ago, Bill, Jordan is 14 years old, and he's playing in a school basketball game on a Saturday morning. He's two inches taller, by the way, than Rogers. Rogers is a big basketball player, too. And so his aunt picks him up from the game. His dad had dropped him off. His dad had started doing some strange things, like driving up on curbs and all that. His father was a sergeant in the Bakersfield Police Department. Everybody knew Orrin Love, 51 years old. Um, he uh, was the he worked as the police sergeant, 26 years on the force. He was also a church pastor on the weekends. He was involved in the community. He was involved with Jordan, you know, in raising him. But he was given a new heart and blood pressure medication. And his wife started noticing this, Anna, that these weird things are going on. So she took his service revolver and locked it up in a lockbox. And he knew he was having problems, Orrin did. She didn't know that he had another key. And on the Saturday morning, mm-hmm. while Jordan's off at his basketball game, she hears this bang and goes into the bedroom, and he had taken his life in the master bedroom. Jordan is playing his game, and instead of his dad always picking him up and then taking him out for pancakes, his aunt picks him up, takes her to her house, pulls in the driveway. He goes, what's going on? She goes, your father just took his life. That's where this kid was 10 years ago. So then he gets into playing football. He was undersized in high school, just like Aaron Rodgers was in Pleasant Valley High and Chico. And his best friend turns out to be a kid playing linebacker named Chris Barnes. So Chris Barnes has a great high school career, gets picked up uh, by UCLA. And Jordan, you know, was waiting for the phone to ring. He finally gets to Utah State. Now, Jordan has, uh, you know, a couple of good years at Utah State, so he gets in the first round of the Packers. Chris Barnes comes in as a undrafted guy, but starts as a linebacker. Chris just did not get re- renewed yesterday. But so I asked Jordan Love about growing up in, in, in Bakersfield and the loss of his dad uh, in, in a town that's about the size of Madison in Southern California. Bakersfield, California. I haven't been out there. Is that like on your way to Riverside, east of L.A.? It's uh, So Bakersfield is Central Valley. It's about an hour and a half um, north of L.A. Um, and Riverside and all that. So it's just a little bit north of that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's in between L.A., Fresno, right in the middle there in Central Valley. I was looking at some pictures of it yesterday, though. I mean, there are some beautiful old buildings there. What what makes that town unique? I, I read something about the music there as well. Yeah, we got a lot of history of music. Um, there's some older country uh, artists that, you know, are from out there. Um, and, you know, they have their kind of footprint out there in Bakersfield. But, um, you know, Bakersfield, is a, it's a different place. It's a more agricultural um, city with a lot of just kind of farmland and different things like that on the outskirts. It's not a big city, but, uh, you know. I enjoyed it growing up. You don't think too much of it, but then once you kind of get out and see different things, it's like, uh, okay, there's not much going on out there in Bakersfield. It's a smaller city, but I enjoy Bakersfield. You, uh, so you had this big growth spurt. Was it like sophomore year in high school or so? Is it, is, it, is it that reason that the coach let you take snaps at quarterback, or tell me about that? Yeah, uh, so freshman year in high school, I was 5'6", 175 pounds, um, and then – or not even 170 pounds. I was like 130 pounds. But then, uh, yeah, I hit a growth spurt. Um, was like, I think to my junior year, I was 6'2". That's when I really got to 6'2". But, no, I freshman year, I was the backup quarterback. 
my sophomore year, um, I played quarterback, and then going to my junior year, that's when um, you know there's an older guy in front of me who won the job, and then after two games in the season, he wasn't getting the job done. They put me in, and just never looked back after that. So, uh, did you play defense? Um, my freshman year I did, and then after that I kind of shut it down. I was playing quarterback, and yeah, but you know when I was backup, I was trying to you know do whatever I can to get on the field. So, was there a sense junior year, or senior year, like I'm doing this for college, I'm doing this for scouts? Probably not until after my junior season when uh, I was like, okay, football, because before backups, you know, I was thinking maybe basketball, different things, but I didn't really think much of football. Um, then after my junior season, you know, I had a good year, and then, you know, offers, schools started coming to talk to me, and I was like, okay, football, it's going to be what takes me to college. So. Was Chris Barnes a linebacker? Yeah, he was a linebacker mm-hmm. at same high school, and uh, obviously Chris was, you know, doing his thing. He was a lot better. He had a lot of looks, a lot of offers in high school. Uh, so we all knew Chris is he's going D1 doing his thing. But uh, And you guys did well, right? Yeah, we did well. We had a really good team in high school. Um, went to Valley Championship, went to end up going to state championship our senior year and lost. But we had a good team. Did, were you guys close in high school? Oh, yeah, we were real close. That's my guy. Um, we've been really close since really elementary school, into elementary school, going into middle school. We've been really close. What's part of the bond? The movies, video games, music? What? No, we do a lot. You know, we just hang out. We'll play video games together. We'll go watch movies together. Um, especially out here, really, anything we could do, we'll, we'll, we'll see what each other are doing and just try and do it together. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, we've been doing the same stuff since high, high school. You know, more like let's go to movies, do stuff after school, things like that. Just work out? Yeah, work out, all that stuff. We all we train together. We played 7-on-7 seven seven in the summers together. Like, we did, we did a lot of stuff together and with a couple of our teammates in high school. But... We, we've had a close bond. He flat out earned that spot in camp that year at linebacker. And it's so unfortunate with the ankle that he had. What was that against the Vikings this year? But, I mean, I mean, he earned that. It's not because of any association with you, right? No, he earned that spot 100%. Um, obviously, our rookie year, you know, there was some things that happened with linebackers. And um, it was really next man up for him as well. And he made the most of that opportunity, um, you know, was – really a guy that stepped up and for the defense and was able to play that number two backer spot and uh i think he did he made a name for himself that year and you know continue on to the next year and now obviously you know we have quay and different things like that and he's just still trying to trying to earn it and uh make the most of his uh, opportunity the injury you know sucks but he's on the road to recovery right now He'll, should be back probably next week something like that so so he goes to ucla mm-hmm. but you make a name at utah state mm-hmm. great junior year and then everybody's talking about you nationally. I mean, that's that's a pretty funny competition going between the two of you, right? Yeah, I know it was. Um, obviously, you know, Chris had all the offers, things like that in high school. Um, and then, you know, I went to Utah State, and I, I was doing my thing and started getting the looks. But, you know, he had, he had his looks as, as well. And then, um, you know, draft night, he was at my house um, for the draft and, you know, doing his thing and trying to figure out what, what was going to be his situation. And, you know, he got the call that, you know, the Packers wanted him to, uh, you know, come out to camp and things like that, sign as a free agent. And I was like, man, that's crazy. We both both go to the Packers. So, uh, you know, it just worked out. Once upon a time, Jordan, I asked 12 down there. I said, okay, if I put in a tape of Cal, what game, you know, says this is what I could do? someday in the NFL and he, he actually brought up a game where they had a comeback and eventually they, they lost the game but it just showed what he could do so if I tell listeners if I go to YouTube 
what can I find that says this is what Jordan says he can do oh, at the next level? So I say any game. You can go. You can go look at any game. You're gonna see a lot of good stuff. Um, 2018, my 2018 year, I feel like we were rolling at a high level on offense, and uh, it was almost like every game we were just making big plays every time we touched the field and rolling. But uh, man, I'd I'd say New Mexico 2018, um, UNLV 2018. Those are some good games. Um, you know, I, did, I put on a show. I feel like so. Well, it's just clicking for you, right? You're rolling out. You're, you're mobile. You're finding guys downfield. They're on the same page with you. What's that take? Do you find that in practice? Do you find it in? Are the things you actually discover in games sometimes with, with the chemistry of guys? Yeah, it's just all about chemistry, and like I said, it's just finding it. Um, you know, it comes with practice reps, turning it into game reps, being able to do it in the game. But you know, it's something that it just takes time, builds over time. You know, every rep you get though is a chance to build that chemistry, get on the same page a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean. Like you said, every chance you get on the field is a chance to build that chemistry. But uh, obviously, you know, like looking at us, you know, we have young receivers. So, you know, it takes time to build that chemistry. Aaron, Devontae, you know, they, I don't know how many years they play together, but, you know, it takes time. They've built that chemistry over time, and it just looks so easy out there. Um, yeah, it just takes time. You got a birthday coming up next week? I do. I do. We could be how old? 24. 24. Yeah. I'm still young, yeah. I, really young you know i started high school or started grade school early so i was always younger in my class i, I graduated college early so yeah came, came to the nfl at 21 so yeah i want to talk about your pop your dad i mean you must have to hang on to some things that he taught you um and it was an officer right law officer so so connected to bakersfield what are those things that get you through tough times growing up with your dad <clears throat> yeah I mean, we have so many memories from growing up you know playing sports you know him teach me how to throw a football being my coach most of the sports i played growing up um just being a great role model for me obviously being a great person in the community he was a police officer you know uh, a pastor at our church you know did a lot of good things and was a positive person um so you know it was a tough situation you know losing him um it was tough for everybody in my family but just being together, you know, being able to remember all the good that he brought and uh, just trying to be, you know, a positive person um, and take after him and just remember the lessons that he taught me growing up. So, I do have three sisters. So yeah. you guys are all good, keep close. Mm -hmm. yep. They come up here from time to time. Yeah, they've been up here for some games. Growing up, did you ever think you'd be in this I position to think play against the really Oh, yeah, he'd, he'd definitely be proud, you know, uh, especially, you know, the sport he wanted me to play was football, wanted me to be a quarterback. Um, that was, like, his dream for me. So, uh, you know, be able to, you know, make it to the NFL, make it the highest level, um, it's huge. It's, so I always remember, I, I wear his number, um, number 10. That was his number in high school that he wore. Um, so wear his number, I always remember him. So yeah, he'd definitely be proud. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. There you go. That's uh, Mike Clemens with Jordan Love. Mike, good stuff, man. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, pal. All right, buddy. There you go. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Come back. we got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The games are on, and 
And uh, they're at uh, Sunset Grill in Pewaukee. I just uh, was kind of perusing Facebook and ran across their page. They have food specials, wing specials, uh, drink specials going on today as the uh, tournament's going to get underway. So for the madness, if you're going to be heading out, uh, there's a lot of terrific sports bars to go to. I mean, you can talk about Stenny's down in Milwaukee, uh, Sloppy Joe's out in Hubertus, uh, our friends at Stoley's, uh, the tons of TVs there. I mean, I can go through the list. Sunset Grill, uh, our friends at uh, Social House uh, out there in Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. So, so many places to go, but Sunset Grill right there on Prospect Avenue in Pewaukee Lake. Uh, they uh, they also have the games up and running. So if you're out and about, there you go. That's a terrific place to go. That's our friends at Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Uh, ben, I just posted it. Uh, I did post my picks. I had to do the old-fashioned written way so I could take a picture of it. So I just did my picks. Do you have your final four? I do. I do. Do you want to do that now? Um, no, let's let's hold it off till after the who who we got coming up here in the next uh, in the next hour. Later on in the next hour is Andy Herman. And Andy Herman and Wayne the Packer Day podcast in the noon hour as well. And then the voice of the uh, the Packers, Wayne Larry, is going to join us too about this. So let's do this after the top of the hour. We'll get into the Roger stuff uh, some more now that it's kind of sunk in, and I do want to discuss. But uh, I also uh, want to uh, kind of go through our our final four choices because this year was. You know, the last year was just filled with upsets. And it was the, the NCAA tournament, for as much as they try to get it right, it has been uh, predictably unpredictable. It's, it has not been by any stretch of the imagination easy. So uh, I'll go with, uh, go with what I got again this year and uh, see what happens. See if the, because the last, uh, was it two, three years ago, I think I won it. Two years ago, I was uh, blown out in the first week. Last year, blown out in the after the, the second weekend. I was done because all my final four teams were pretty much gone. So I've got some anticipation that maybe things come back. This, But I'll tell you this, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not an easy thing to predict by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, looking forward to it. By the way, speaking of fine sponsors and fi- fine places to go, our friends at The Social House, I always love it when – we combine um, um, sponsors. Uh, Dan Della over there just had uh, all the floors redone. So when you go into the social house, check it out. But he called on our guy, Sean, from Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Uh, EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. Get a hold of Sean because he just did Dan Della's floor uh, over at the social house. Put their logo on the floor and everything. And the floor was all messed up by somebody else uh, from out of state that did it. And Dan had to call him and say, hey, can you help me, and I need to get this thing right. And so sure enough, Sean came over and redid the floor. I love it when sponsors help sponsors, man. It's freaking awesome, but good stuff. So uh, let's do this. We are going to uh, talk a little uh, Aaron Rodgers. we got some madness coming up. Tournament's getting ready to get underway. Can't wait. A lot going on. A lot going on. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. And it's coming up right after this. Hang in there.